God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17. Ephesians 5 and 17. And if you would stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. We have been in this sermon series and we are coming to the close of this sermon series as we've been preaching on the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And we've spent some time just uh, diving into these topics and preaching and teaching out of these subjects. And uh, I believe the Lord has helped and I believe the Lord has uh, revealed some things and challenged us in several areas. And we have spent some time on the, what is godly wisdom. How do we exercise godly wisdom? And uh, as we go into this final point, uh, we're going to be looking at some things in regards to the will of God. And so we are going to have a few more Wednesday nights that are going to center around this particular topic before we transition into a, a new sermon series on our Wednesday nights. But uh, we're going to look here at the subject on the will of God. Ephesians 5 and 17 says, Wherefore be ye not unwise? This is what we've been dealing with. Be ye not unwise. We want to exercise godly wisdom. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Not being unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. If I ask tonight, and if you were to raise your hands, I believe for the most part, it would be a unanimous response. But I'm just going to ask rhetorically tonight and you just think about that, answer it within yourself. If I were to say tonight, Brother Chad, do you want to be in the will of God? If I were to say, Sister Amy, do you want to be and to be doing and living the will of God? If I were to ask this for everybody, most people would say, yes, absolutely. Now, here is often a dilemma within the church. We have people that say, yes, I want to do the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. And then it is followed up with this question, but preacher, what is the will of God? What is it? What does that look like for me? What does that sound like for me? What does that have me involved in? And so tonight, as we begin this process, as we look at the will of God, here's what I'm not going to guarantee you. I am not going to guarantee you that Brother Jacob Smith can tell you God's will for your life. I can't. I can't. There's going to be times that God would give direction or nudge or I can offer advice. I can preach the truth of the gospel. And Brother Eli, these things can line us up with his will. But what I can uh, promise tonight that as we look at the Word of God, that I believe He will challenge us to fully understand what is His will. How does that apply to my life and how can I apply my heart to that? Can we pray together? Just ask the Lord for His help 
this evening. Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for every heart and life that's represented here this evening. Lord, I pray that your word come alive. Let it be anointed. We know that it is. We know that it's powerful. We know it will accomplish what it's sent to do. I pray tonight you would challenge our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. Help us as we plant the word of God in the soil of our soul. And Lord, we just thank you for these things. Help my mind and my lips to preach. Meet us in this altar, I pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. The last couple of Wednesdays, we've talked about our purpose in time. What is our purpose? What are the things that God is doing in us? And what does he want to do through us? We have been discussing and looking at what the Word of God says in regards to these things. Last week, we had talked about the fact of what is the calling, the gifts, and the talents that God has given unto us. We are all uniquely created by him with various gifts, talents, and callings that he has placed upon our lives, attributes and characteristics that God has woven into the fabric of your very DNA. It's down in your soul as to what he has put into us, amen, so that we might be exhibiting, living out, fulfilling the will of God in our our lives. Let me just recap very quickly. We preached on the fact that those gifts, talents, and callings are divinely deposited. They come from heaven above. They come from the Father. They're divinely deposited. The other thing we said is that we must be decidedly dedicated, decidedly dedicated to utilize our lives for the will of God, for His his purpose. What is it, Lord? And make that decision. Make that dedication. It is a excuse me, a commitment that must be made every day. You remember a couple of Sundays back, Brother Cameron Keith was here preaching. I remember Cameron and I were having a conversation in my office at the school as he was making his decision whether he was going to go to Bible school or not. He had been praying fervently about what God's will was. And he and I had conversation. And Brother Udy, that young man said, something to me that I believe was very profound and uh, I believe it was something that God had deposited into his heart and I have kept that with me and I've reminded myself of this sister Sheila time and time again but he had said these words he said brother Jacob here's what I believe I believe that saying yes to God's will is not yes to the event of going to Bible school he said I I believe that it is a part of God's will in my life that I go on to Bible school. So I say yes to that. But Sister Laura, what he said after that is what resonated in my heart. He said, but here's what I have to remember. Is that it is a matter of me saying yes to him, Sister Anna, every single day thereafter. And let me 
me reiterate this truth to you this tonight is the fact that when we are understanding what it is God is wanting to do in us and through us is the fact that this brother Eddie is a decision of dedication that it is not just a momentary event it is not just a it's not just a moment when all of the stars have aligned and lightning has flashed and thunder has rolled and the ground shook and you heard a voice from heaven said oh this is my will no listen it's more than just a moment in time but sister Cindy it takes us as his children saying yes to him every single day when we get up to say yes Lord to what it is your will and your purpose today yes Lord in this moment this is what I will do the problem I believe is the church for the majority is looking for earth shaking moments and I can tell you I can testify brother Marvin I have been in services I have been in the presence of God where it's been so real so powerful I thought at times sister Amy I could be raptured out of the church at that moment have you ever felt his glory like that have you ever been there in a service where I mean the presence of God was was nearly tangible like you could reach out and grab a hold of him I've been there I've experienced I thank God for those experiences in those moments brother Andy I've had times where I knew God was doing something special in that moment but can I say is that God's will is much bigger than a particular moment brother Coleman after that moment I had to wake up the next day and say yes and I had to get up the next day and say say yes and I had to get up the next day and say yes to be decidedly dedicated to his purpose and plan in my life we often sing the chorus I'll say yes Lord yes to your will and to your way Oh, and in this, I want you to understand, this is not just in a moment. It just wasn't the night that you can point to, Brother Chris Tibbetts, and say, it was this night I was born again. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful memory, a wonderful testimony. Mark it down. Have it. Hold it. Hide it in your heart. But can I say, is that after the moment that you got saved, there's a real devil and there's a real hell that wants to kill you, and you got to get up the next day and say, Lord, now what is your will? What do you want from me? Oh, also we had said that these things are developed in difficulty. Let me say this, is that we are often have wrong thinking when we think that God's will means everything is perfect in our lives. The prosperity gospel and the majority of what you see on television reiterates this, this, right? If you are in God's will, then you'll never have a problem, right? If you'll do this, you'll never go without. 
I heard of prosperity preachers that genuinely, and I pray it's genuine, but had began to repent and ask forgiveness of those that gave to their ministries, those that supported their online communities. Because when something like a worldwide pandemic happens and everybody's going through stuff and everything's going wrong and everybody's affected, what do you do then? What do you preach then? Is everybody then out of God's will? Is everybody, is all of the church then stuff? Oh, and they had to, began Brother Clayton to change that tune and change that message. But let me say this, is that the will of God is not always accompanied by sunshine and rainbows. It is not always accompanied by easy streets and people jumping on the bandwagon and celebrating with you. Oh, can I say, it is a complete misguided misconception to think that everything in God's will is easy because it's not. But we have a generation of church people that are falling out of love with God. They are losing dedication, losing purpose because they are up against difficult situations. Did you know you can be in God's will and you still fight temptation? You can be in God's will and you still get depressed. Don't believe me? Read again about Elijah. You can be in God's will and still wind up in a fiery furnace, a lion's den, a pit or a prison. Sister Wanda, you can be in God's will and Potiphar's wife still falsely accuse you. You can be in God's will and they still want to string you up and kill you. You can be in God's will and you're still hiding in caves, the Bible said, and they were sawn asunder and they were clothed in animal skins. But God said the world wasn't worthy of them. But they were in the will of God. They were men and women who said yes. Yes to the will of God. Oh, you can be in the will of God and Judas will still betray you with a kiss. Come on here. You can be in the will of God and those even in your own family grow to despise you. Because of your stand for righteousness and trying to fulfill the will of God. Understand tonight, these are misconceptions about the will of God that often the church has bought into. We love to think of easy things. We love it when it's not really a challenge. When we can just kind of fall into it and do whatever. But I'm here to tell you the purpose, the power, the will and plan of God. The kingdom of God is fiercely fought by the kingdoms of hell. I want to let you know the word of God says this. And let me reiterate a child of God. God, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent are going to be the ones that take it by force. What do I mean by this? I mean church, we can't afford to sit around and play patty cake and be mediocre and lukewarm in our relationship with God and think, well, I'm just living my best life right now. May God shake us and wake us up and say, God, I want to be in your will called, consecrated, sanctified, holy, giving my life to you. And as a result, Brother Marvin, going to have to crucify this flesh. Come on here. As 
as a result of that, Brother Gerard, I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to be pressed. I'm going to be pushed. I'm going to be at the point of exhaustion. I'm going to be at points, Brother Chad, I don't understand. Going to be moments I'm fighting every devil in hell. But if it means I'm in the middle of God's will, then that's right where I want to be. Oh, because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like knowing that knowing you are in his will. Here, Paul tells the church at Ephesus, he says, I want you to understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's why, Brother Chad, it's important for us to know what the will of God is not. What it is not. Because we have many Where I say you have to be decidedly dedicated. You're not dedicated and you haven't made up your mind because the first sign of trouble, you're ready to quit. The first sign of trouble, you're going to stay home. The first uh, instance to where you're up against something, you want to say God's not fair. God don't love me. Come on here. We are beyond that church. We are beyond that church. We are better than that church. Come on here. We're better than that. Come on. It's time that pacifiers and blankies are thrown out. Come on here. And we find the Bible again. And we find the altar again. And we find the prayer closet again. And we find fasting again. And we find consecration again. Oh, preacher, please, I'd rather you tell me the other stuff about God's will. But I'm telling you, these are things that will bring about success and understanding what the will of God is. Let's talk here just for a moment. It's only 8.08. I'm doing good. I'm keeping track of time. Don't you worry. Amen. Listen, I want to reiterate that God's will for our lives, it is not something so mystical, so out there, so profound and complicated and deep that you will never know what it is. Why would God's word want you to understand God's will if we are under the illusion that God's will is so difficult to find? It's not. Let me say this, is that if God's will seems complicated, it is more than likely because you are complicating it. You are complicating it. Now, I didn't get many amens on that, but I'm still telling you the truth. Right? If it seems complicated, it's because you are complicating it. Well, I know you're, I know, I see your porcupine up right now. Well, how, how am I complicating it? You better clarify that, preacher. How am I complicating it? There's a couple of things that happen. Sometimes we get in our head too much. Sometimes we are more worried about we coincide God's will with the approval of man. And when there's disapproval by men, then we get it all convoluted and we can't figure it out. And then, let me say this, here is that this is probably reason number one. I'll tell you why Jacob Smith has a hard time with God's will often. It's because of Jacob Smith. It's because I don't want to yield. Because I don't want to surrender. Amen, pastor. Keep preaching. Okay. It is not mystical so that you never know what it is. 
It is also not something that is only for the spiritual elite. Well, preacher, you can preach all night on God's will. That's good. I'll amen you. But the only one in this building that needs to know God's will is you. You're the preacher. You're the man of God. So you're the one that needs to know. Let me tell you something. You are fooled, my friend, if you think. And that is one of the reasons why the church is in the shape that she's in. is because we have the blind leading the blind. We have folks sitting around and they'll gobble up everything that some golden tongue orator will say behind a pulpit. You got a man running 15,000 in a church and you think that he's the Messiah that has come and surely for him to have a church that size and a worldwide ministry he must know the will of God no friend he knows how to be a businessman he knows how to get in your pocket he knows how to sell a book and a deviant I'm not saying every big church is out of God I'm not saying that I'm not that dumb I'd love to have 15,000 of people that are born again filled with the Holy Ghost on their way to heaven but let me say this we will gobble it all up because all we think often is God's will is for that man but not for me and we're wrong we're wrong I can only fulfill God's will for my life I am called to help to equip you but I can't do God's will for you I can't And you have to be willing to say, this is more than just what happens. Let me say this. And the reason why I make a a claim to this uh, by what we are hearing just on Sunday, because here's the truth. There are a majority of people in the church. I hope it's not the majority in this church. But there are some. That the only time you're going to pray... It's here. For some of you, the first time you really prayed all week was when pastor got up and said, can we open the service with prayer? And somebody, maybe you called it, maybe you didn't, you said, oh, wow, yeah, I, I, I haven't talked to God all week. For some of you, I don't know, honey, pack the U-Haul. We might be out of here tonight. For some of you, the first time that you read your Bible all week was this verse I just read. But you can tell me everything Fox News said. And you can tell me everything that Stephanie and Albert and Jose and Tina and everybody else said on Facebook. know God's will. You're not going to know God's will if you're not praying, if you're not in the Word. There's some of you, you haven't worshipped in six months. I mean, you've sat, you've watched, you kind of nod when folks get radical. Brother Eddie takes off like Sunday night. Somebody crosses their arms and says, well, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go. Brother Eddie, you just keep on running. You keep on worshiping. You keep on praising. You're not bothering me and there's a lot of people here you're not bothering. There's some folks it do them good to take a lap behind you. There's some of us that do us good to get back in the will of God, back in the word of God, back into prayer, back into worship, back 
into singing the songs of Zion, back into doing what God wants us to do. God forgive us. You cannot neglect these things and stand here flat-footed and tell me, I know God's will for my life. Baloney. Big old fat Oscar Mayer baloney. You can't. You don't. And then we wonder why our families are in upheaval. We wonder why we fell off kelter. We wonder why this and we wonder why that. Friends, we've got to understand. That's what the Word of God says. To understand, Brother Darren. Listen, he didn't ask us to understand all of the complexes of the universe. He did not ask us to understand all of the ins and outs of the things of God, Brother Chad, that we cannot trace. But he said, what you can know and understand is the will of God. You can know it. You can understand it. Brother Marvin, when there's a man or a woman who knows, I mean, Brother Ringo, deep down knows what God's purpose and plan is, it's hard to shake that man or woman. It's hard to get them off the path. Can pastor confess something to you? Two, two weeks after we were voted in as pastors, for two weeks, if you could have saw the inside of Jacob Smith... Brother Danny, for two weeks I talked myself in and out of resigning. Hadn't even been pastor two weeks. I, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. I don't know. No, no, no. On a Monday, I came into this church during prayer meeting one night and just praying. I said, God, I said, I do know this is right where you want our family to be. I said, but you've got to solidify in my heart. You've got to let me know, and I can show you. I was right here when God spoke completely in solidarity to me and said, You are to be at this church. This is where you're to be. This is your will. This is your plan. Now, I'm not going to tell you I haven't had moments and times where I thought, Lord, I, I all the time am saying, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. But I never second-guessed. Brother Danny, from that moment, I never doubted. It didn't matter if there were 15 men to walk in that door tonight and cause a ruckus and say, you're out of the will of God and you don't need to be here. I could stand and stare him in the eye and say I know we're right where I'm supposed to be and I know that I was born to do this and this is what God has called me to do now brother Eli that's for me now the question is what is it for you what is it for you sister Amy what is it sister Jerry brother Darren what is it the Bible, and I'm, I'm way off my notes, forgive me. But the Bible says this, that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let me say something here, and I say this with love. I say this with care. I want you to know this. If there are things off balance that are unsettled and like shaking ground in your life, 
Maybe you need to revisit to know that you know that you know what God's will is. Because there are some people, they're always chasing God's will because they're chasing it through an experience. There's a single person saying, I'll know it's God's will for my life when I find the right person to marry. And there's somebody who said, oh, I know it's God's will when I make X amount of money, when I drive this kind of car, when I live in this house, when I'm at this place or that place. No, listen, what needs to happen, Brother Chad, is no matter what, is somebody making up their mind to say, I know that I know that I know what God has for me to do. And I will keep doing it if the girlfriend never comes, if the boyfriend never shows up, if the pay increase never never happens if I drive the same old car till the wheels fall off if I'm in the same place the same position listen to me quit chasing after things and chase after the thing the one Christ and his will oh hear me tonight to know and to understand the will of God let me touch base because I'm now running out of time. Let me remind you here of a couple of things because we know I've talked about some things that God's will is not. Let me just share this with you. Throughout God's words, you will find the ever-present desire of God that he has for us to see, know, follow, do, and be in his will. Listen to this. God's will defined. Listen. Number one, the advancement of his kingdom. Now I want you, if you're taking notes, if you've got to still trap up here, whatever, I want you to keep this. Number one, God's will is the advancement of his kingdom. Jesus taught them. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven the advancement of the kingdom Christ came to earth to offer himself as this supreme sacrifice for our sins that we might be born again sister Anna there was nothing else that mattered that's what his mission was to advance the kingdom of God to do the will of the father number two the will of God is that God is glorified in all things. He is glorified in all things. We advance the kingdom of God, and Brother Chris, we do so for the glory of God. We don't advance the kingdom of God for the glory of men. Come on here. We do not advance the kingdom of God and we get to a certain size, a certain number, a certain position to where everybody stands around and says, ooh, look what Jacob Smith did there. Uh -uh. Oh, look at what this one did and that one did. No, 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 no. It is always for the glory of God. What did Jesus say? He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We want to glorify Christ. That's number two. Number three. This is the will of God, the salvation and sanctification of His children through the Son, Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. I give you three things, and there's 
greater minds than mine and other biblical scholars who could give you a plethora of reasons or, or ideas of what the kingdom of God or what the will of God is. But we advance His kingdom. We do all things for His glory. And it is so that we come to salvation and sanctification through Jesus Christ. Does that sound fairly simple? Is that overtly complicated? I'm not speaking to you in algebraic equations. This isn't trigonometry. This isn't. It's very simple. Let me give you three references. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'll come. Because I, I, I'm going to have to pick up on this. In Daniel 2 and 44, first of all, listen to this. This, co- this coincides with the advancement of his kingdom. I want you to understand, Nebuchadnezzar had the dream of that statue. Remember in Daniel, the dream of the statue, and it represented from the head to the feet, it represented kingdoms of the ages. But Brother Segura, in that dream, there was a great stone. Come on here. There was a great stone that came, and it destroyed that image. It tore apart that statue. That stone, when Daniel interpreted, it said this, Daniel 2 and 44, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. You missed a good place to shout. We can sit around and say America's going down the tank. We can look at, we said the world's going, I mean, I've heard all the analogies. I mean, it's all just this terrible situation. Well, here's what I'm glad to report to you. Amen. I have dual citizenship. I am, uh, I've been born in the United States of America. I'm a resident of the great state of Texas. But let me tell you this. I don't have a card or a social security number in the other kingdom but there is as a song says a new name written down in glory and it's mine oh yes it's mine and it is a kingdom brother Clayton that cannot be destroyed with the king brother Hemp Hill they do not have elections every four years in heaven Christ is king hear me it said and the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever we are advancing the kingdom of God point one 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. This is very simple, yet very profound. Whether you eat, drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. Let me say it again. Whether you eat, you drink, whatever you do, wherever you go, the conversations you have, the things you're involved with, if you're
you're wondering, if you're praying, you ever had somebody say, well, I'm praying, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Should I do that or shouldn't I do Listen, I know, I know what the socially accepted gospel says. You got pastors in pulpits that'll go down to the bar and drink with their, uh, with their congregation and say, ain't nothing wrong with a little social drink. Somebody says, I need a little wine to unwind. Well, let me tell you, I don't need wine to unwind. And they could put a tap of Budweiser in my house and I never drink a drop. Why? Because I've come to the point and the place in my life. Amen. I'm not going to mess with stuff. The Bible said if it appears to be evil, stay away from it. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. And so, Brother Darren, I ain't got to get in a debate with a backslidden preacher over whether it's okay to go drinking, clubbing, smoking, doping, womanizing, and then come in and say, well, it's all, it's all under grace. It's all under the blood. No, it's not. I know better. I know better. Thank God for the grace of God. But I'm doing the will of God. And Sister Mildred, the will of God tells me what I do better glorify Him. And He's not glorified in those things. Hear me. I'm trying to close. I promise, Brother Udy. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. The last scripture reference. 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, listen, but that all should come to repentance. All of us. All of us. Do you know who this is the hardest for? It's hardest for the religious people. It's hardest for the religious people. Now, this is only an example. This is not happening here. Do you see that new girl who came in? You see her? She kind of radical, isn't she? You see... You see the way every time they're singing, every time there's preaching, she's over there wiping her eyes. Boy, she must got all kind of sin in her life. She just crying, crying. It's a big old cry, baby. He does have a lot of work to do. Come on. Did you? Did you ever hear the stories? Oh, I heard that that Eddie was a real ringtail. Boy, I heard he gave his mama fits. Did you know? Did you know he actually was in jail? Did you know that? Was you aware? Did you? Did you know that that one over there that I heard they was headed straight to divorce court? Did you hear that one over there? Their kids are strung out on drugs. Did you hear about that one over there? This is going on and that's going on. Did you hear about that one over there? This happened, this happened. 
Watch out, you religious do good. Be careful. Because it's God's will that all come to repentance. I know you got a story, Anna. I know you got a story, Eddie. Guess what? I've got a story. And you've got a story. You ain't been saved all of your life. But I'm glad that I knew the will of God. And beside, despite the naysayers and despite the cross-eyed looks and despite the whispers on the pew, Sister Anna, I'm glad that she came into God's house and said, I'm a whosoever will. Brother Eddie, I'm glad you came to God's house and said, I'm a whosoever will. Brother Coleman, I'm glad you didn't let the devil stop you at the door. But she came in and said, I'm a whosoever will. Brother dies when you was backslid. I'm glad you didn't stop and listen to the naysayers. But you said, I am a whosoever will. And it's God's will that men and women are born again. Are born again. If you think pastor is going to check the ID, the social status, and all those things, everybody comes to this door, you've got another thing coming. Because I'm not. I'll love you enough, Anna, to say you come into this house however you are. But I will also preach to you, he loves you enough so you don't stay that way. So we don't stay that way, Brother Eddie. We don't stay that way, Brother Coleman. He is not slack concerning his promise. But there's a term in there, Sister Cindy. He is long-suffering. He's patient. He's patient. Thank God, Brother Ringo, he's patient. And he keeps waiting, and he keeps pulling, and he keeps working. Why? Because, Brother Jimmy, we're understanding the will of God. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father... I thank you tonight for your word. I, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I'm thankful for your presence. I'm thankful for the truth of your word. I have not preached with the enticing words of the wisdom of man. But Lord, I've delivered the word of God tonight. And I pray the word of God lodge itself in the hearts and the minds of your people. And Father, I pray tonight that you deal with us. Help us, Lord. Forgive us for misconstrued ideas about your will. Forgive us when we've been unstable, when we have been unwilling, when we have not, when we have made a complication of things. But Lord, tonight, here we are. And we're going to decide that we are going to pursue, to know, to understand the will of God. What does that look like for me, Lord? What is it? that you want to put your finger on in my life. What do you want to say to me? Give me an ear to hear. Give me a heart tender to receive. We want to advance your kingdom. We want to do all things for your glory. We want to be saved and sanctified through your Son, Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray 
Let us start there. First things first. With these things, this is where we understand the will of God. Challenge us tonight. Tonight, church, if you're here, and I, I'm just going to make I'm just going to make this one request. If you're here and you would say, all of my heart, I want to do my best to know and understand God's will for my life. I will start with these three principles. I will look to advance His kingdom. I will do all things for His glory. And I, myself, and all that come in contact with me, I will tell them about the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we must be born again. If you're willing to commit to that and say, that's where I'll start, preacher, then why don't we come? Find ourselves a place in these altars tonight. Would you come and spend some time with the Lord? Would you come tonight and allow Him to speak clearly? Oh, would you allow Him tonight to deal? Would you allow Him tonight to challenge you? Would you allow Him tonight, oh, to minister, to deal? Maybe there's some things tonight the Holy Ghost has put His finger on in your life. And He says, I want to deal with this. I want to deal with this. I want to challenge you in this area. I want to help you in this area. Oh, Master. Oh, Master, would you help us tonight? I want to know your will. I want to know your will. Oh, yes, they do. Speak the words, Lord, my heart aches to know. Speak.